today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Dean Finale, PhD partner in the Intellectual Property Department at Safarth Shaw LLP's Washington office and with us now. Dean, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for having me. How significant is this case? We certainly know how this drug has affected uh, families over the years. How significant is this settlement? Yeah, so this is an over $8 billion settlement, and Purdue Pharma will plead guilty to criminal charges in a deal with the Department of Justice. And these charges include um, conspiring to defraud the U.S. as well as violating anti-kickback laws. And they stem from allegations that the company misled and provided misleading information, basically, to the Drug Enforcement Agency to boost manufacturing quotas and pushed uh, doctors to prescribe these drugs um, through these anti-kick or through these kickback schemes, and when you when you think about eight billion dollars, I mean, it sounds like obviously it's a huge amount of money, but you know this really doesn't sit well with me personally. I mean, the company made about thirty billion dollars uh, off of the sales, and the it was a privately held company, not a public company, and the, the family benefited in the amounts of ten to fifteen billion. So. You know, the devastation that the opioid crisis caused all through North America, you know, you're talking over 400,000 deaths, trillions of dollars in associated damages. You know, I would have liked to have personally seen this go to trial just to, you know, there's a lot of people that were just devastated by this just to have the perhaps the company and particularly the individuals associated be held accountable in the, the public domain. How did Purdue get this so wrong? I mean, they were literally selling this to doctors that, you know, hey, this is non-addictive. This does not this is not harmful. You you've got this old idea about narcotics in your head. There was a heavy-duty campaign on this to promote how safe it was when it was exactly the opposite. How could they have got this so wrong? Well, and that, that's exactly right. And you know, it it wasn't it doesn't seemed like it was a mistake and you know that's my opinion it wasn't a mistake this was intentional conduct there were all paid expense paid seminars where doctors nurses and pharmacists were invited and just to promote the use of this drug and you're exactly right i mean opioids this is an opioid drug and opioids are known to act on the opioid receptors in nerve cells and in the brain so it doctors know that these are addictive so you're absolutely right this was not a mistake or, oh, they, oops, they got it wrong. There was intentional yeah. conduct here, and that's why I would have liked to have seen you know, this go to trial just to air that. How responsible is this company for the opioid crisis that we see today? Well, certainly there were, they weren't the only company, but when it comes to the opioid crisis, and you know, this is just my opinion, uh, you know, it's, when you hear Purdue Pharma, it's synonymous with the opioid crisis. So you know, there were other companies that paid fines uh, for, uh, you know, problems with overprescribing opioids. Uh, but by far, Purdue Pharma was, you know, the leader. And, um, you know, it's like I said, when I hear Purdue Pharma, it just rings in my mind the opioid crisis. So now with this, uh, individuals not able to sue this company, is this a good way out for them? Not so, obviously, for those that are victims. That's right. So this will derail, you know, thousands of separate lawsuits against the company. Uh, the one thing here, this is the company pleading guilty in this. Uh, this won't absolve the individuals associated with the company from criminal liability. So there could still be some, um, 
liability there. But, you know, when you think about also the $8 billion, the company's currently in bankruptcy. So the, the lion's share of that, you know, no one's really probably going to see. That was my next question. What is the state of Purdue right now or the family that owned it? Yeah, well, the, the state of Purdue is, uh, you know, they're in bankruptcy proceedings and, uh, this $8 billion, they'll have, it'll be a credit, you know, that they'll have to, the bankruptcy judge will have to approve this. Uh, but as far as the, the family goes, you know, that's another thing. Uh, the, I mean, what I've heard was that they were siphoning money out of the U.S. Uh, to avoid this. I mean, if you recall back in, I think it was 2006, 2007, they paid over $600 million in fines for similar actions. And, you know, fast forward 15 years and we're still talking about the same thing. So, you know, the the family definitely benefited and, you know, they're, you know, even with this $8 billion fine, you, you know, they've apparently made between 10 and $15 billion off this. So, you know, it's not really going to affect them too much when you think about it that way. Dean, does this help the crisis in any way? Does this move the discussion forward in any way? Well, certainly I think having it out there uh, puts it back in the public. And a lot of actions have already been taken. There's a lot more education about the dangers of these type of drugs. Doctors are a lot more accountable for when they write prescriptions for these type of drugs, pharmacists when they deliver them. So there has been a lot of activity uh, to correct this. And uh, But, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, there's a lot of damage that was already done. What about doctors that were paid? I mean, how did that work? Uh, so, you know, effectively, it, it, these kickbacks were exactly what they sounded like. You know, doctors, uh, I mean, and the details, you know, are still not out there. And that's why I would have liked to have seen this more of a trial. So there's discovery and you, you hear this information. But uh, basically, they were just... Um, you know, giving the doctors gifts and for promotion of this. What about other pharmaceutical companies? What have they learned from this? Well, certainly, you know, Purdue Pharma, it's an outlier. You know, most of these pharmaceutical companies and biotech companies, you know, they operate with the highest ethical standards. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about these companies, especially that are developing these vaccines. You know, people talk about, you know, is this being rushed? And we're really relying and trusting these companies so, you know, I like to think of this as an outlier. You know, certainly you never know 100% that a new drug or new vaccine is going to be safe. But, you know, the, it's the conduct. And, you know, when accidents happen and everyone, I think, could accept that. But a lot of other companies and most that I'm aware of operate with the highest standards. And, you know, when, when an accident does happen, it's more of a, well, we, we couldn't tell or we didn't know that was going to happen rather than this intentional let's be grifters and, you know, manipulate the public's knowledge just to, to make money. Uh, obviously, uh, Purdue uh, uh, oversold this and, and was unethical in, in, on many fronts here. But what about other responsibility? What about those doctors? What about the FDA? Does anybody else hold responsibility in any of this other than uh, Purdue? Uh, well, certainly the FDA, you know, as a government agency, they've they've learned a lot on this, and their their eyes are a lot wide a lot wider open when it comes to matters like this, especially when it comes to drugs that are addictive. But you know, a lot of the liability, you know, doctors have been uh, have had criminal charges brought against them. Uh, doctors have lost their licenses for pres- over prescribing these or improperly prescribing these. So there has been a, a lot of liability, not only to Purdue Pharma but also to doctors as well. 
Is this still happening in some way, in some form? Is this still going on? We just don't know. Well, certainly, you know, we still hear about these uh, other opioids like fentanyl that are in the news. That's, you know, very dangerous. Uh, but as far as the uh, overprescribing of these drugs, I mean, you know, a lot of times people, you'd have normal, healthy people that, you know, would go to the doctor with a back pain. They'd become addicted to these drugs. They'd shop around at different doctors to get multiple prescriptions. You know, a lot of that has been stopped, so that won't happen anymore. But, you know, a lot of the people that uh, were addicted, you know, these are victims. These are not, you know, they're not criminals. They're not drug addicts. And, you know, they're, they're people that, you know, lost a lot. So it's, uh, it's really just a terrible situation all around. And how many of those people have now been forced underground or forced into the illegal drug trade to try to combat this? Yeah, I I do not know that exact number, but anecdotally what I've read was, you know, it's in the millions. You know, millions of people have become addicted to these drugs. And, you know, in addition to the 470,000 that died from this, uh, there's millions of people that, you know, are addicted to other drugs just because of this. Dean Finelli has been with his PhD partner in the intellectual property department at Safarth Shaw LLP's Washington office. Dean, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Stay well. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.